you may have realized that being healthy feels different than it did in the past now that you're over 50. If you want to maximize your health potential but don't have time to read through overwhelming pages of Google links, this is the show for you. Welcome to Healthy Tips After 50. We love doing the research, finding solutions, talking to health experts, and learning what works and what doesn't. Now, your host. She spent the last 25 years dedicated to feeling her best and is here to share her best findings with you, Susan Rosen. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Susan Rosen. And my guest today is, and I will probably wreck this like I wreck everybody else's names, Tim Bilbrey. Perfect. Yeah, good. Okay. Gold star. (laughs) And Tim has some very interesting um, experience and background, and he's um, been uh, in inpatient and outpatient cardiac rehab, and he has also worked in hospitals. I believe he started in hospitals, right, working? Yes, ma'am. And then um, after doing that for 15 years, he decided that there was a something that he wanted to bring to the world and opened up uh, a company called the Recovery Plus. And he's gonna tell us all about that. And, you know, um, and particularly I think in, it's important for everybody, but I think it's also particularly important for people who are over 50 because uh, we're the ones that, that start to have a lot of these issues um, you know, we were healthy beforehand and then all of a sudden you hit, you hit that 50 to 60 age and things start to go downhill, you know? So <laughs> we all, I think at some point in our lives may end up needing some sort of, of help like Tim is providing. So Tim, why don't you, um, you can add what you want to after I massacred that whole, uh, oh, no. that you did a great job. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me on the podcast. And, uh, yeah, my name's Tim Bilbrey. I'm an exercise physiologist. I've been in uh, what we would call traditional cardiac rehab, uh, hospital-based cardiac rehab, uh, outpatient programs for about the, about 15 years. In about 2018, I started a, a company called uh, NextGen RPM, which tr- which eventually turned into Recovery Plus uh, USA. RecoveryPlus.health is our website, and uh, we started basically looking at the components of of traditional outpatient cardiac rehab. Um, you know, historically, there's always been a very low participation rates because there are, it's, it's usually from geography. There's not very many of these cardiac rehab programs out there. And then two, um, um, looking at as far as where these programs exist. And then myself, I'm from a rural part of Texas, uh, but I get, again, like over those 15 years of cardiac rehab, I live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Um, but you know, growing up in, in the rural part of Texas where you see cowboys and horses and everything else, we were one of those where we'd have to drive, you know, drive to the hospital, drive, drive to the doctor, you know, it's a half day event. Um, and there's no, there's no cardiac rehab programs out where we were, where I currently live. And it's a, a very large area of the state. And I, over the course of about 500 square miles and, you know, a few hundred thousand patients that live in the area. Uh, there's one cardiac rehab program and it's about over an hour. So, you know, recovering from, uh, uh, you know, recovering from a cardiovascular event 
or uh, cardiac surgery, you know, heart attack, bypass, stents, heart failure, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a very limited access to care. And then that we had come in 2018, started, started the uh, next gen RPM and, you know, recoveryplus.health. And then uh, really started bringing these services that is primarily, you know, inside the urban environment, inside the urban hospitals. We, you know, regardless of a patient's geographic location, we can actually provide home-based services to them, not home health, but we can provide these home-based uh, therapy services back to the patients inside. Wow. Yeah. No, I can, I can see where that could be really, really important. I mean, I personally, I'm from Los Angeles. I grew up there, moved up up to Northern California. So I've always been in a place that's that's um, crowded, right? More crowded now, but um, but always had, you know, and and had a lot of hospitals and a lot of doctors and, mm. and all of that kind of stuff. And so I I can see where the service that you're providing can really be so life saving because. Um, I don't know. It, people really have to be motivated to go to get help. Right, right. Well, right. And, and, and you're absolutely right. And usually where we see it from our side, especially coming from the actual hospital, hospital-based programs, again, I see patients, um, you know, inpatient and outpatient. Um, I would see them right, at, right after they got out of surgery, right after they've had their heart attack. And it was, it was always a real... Uh, eye-opening experience for myself, especially when I first started my career um, in in cardiac rehab, is you know you're you're in you're in the environment of the patients are in you know ICU. You're in the environment to where you know it's it's you know and I've and that's kind of been my exposure. Whenever I was I, I was much younger and in high school, you know, you start trying to figure out what you want to do with your life. Well, you know, Grandpa had his you know Grandpa had another heart attack, so you know you get the phone. Oh, no. you get that phone call of hey, you come up to the you need to come up to the hospital. You know, it's you know Grandpa or Uncle or you know mm-hmm. had a heart attack, and you know everybody you know that's that that's that you know it's that real scary phone call that you know everybody goes up there to see you know hey if he's going to make it survive you know fortunately you know we had a positive outcome the doctors and hospitals did a great job and uh uh were able to save you know save you know save save the family members but that's where you start getting that exposure to cardiac rehab because they can't drive you know their own limitations they're you know and so they need to go to cardiac rehab. So I was the, I was the 16 year old in high school that, you know, everybody's working, but I could, you know, I'd get out at a decent time from school and I could take grandpa or, you know, whoever I could take them to cardiac rehab and you would take them three times a week and they would do the hour and they would do their exercise sessions. And, you know, that was my, really my first exposure to that. But if there wasn't, and you could see how well the patients were able to respond, right. You know, living their everyday lives, living their, you know, their leisure activities, you know, you know, going back to work, you know, there was, there was that piece of, you know, they, they would go in and, you could, you know, they're low on energy, you know, they're, they're, you know, ex, you know, experience, a, you know, cardiac event. Yeah. They would go into rehab and then you're just like, it was just, you know, really quick over time. It's just like, they just, they just kind of, it's like their body woke back up and you know, they had all this energy again, they were able to respond, but I'm just, you know, mm-hmm. that was, one of those things to me is if the patient, if, you know, my family member didn't get to go to cardiac rehab, 
you know, what would the, what would the, uh, what would their recovery would have looked like? Mm. Even two from my 15 years, you know, that's what I went to college for exercise physiologist, you know, cardiac rehab, prominent hospitals out of Dallas, Fort Worth. And the national average participation rates for patients post cardiac event to go into an actual, you know, cardiac rehab program, the participation rates are 15, 20%. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's decades, decades long problem um, for people to be able to go because there's, there's such a limited, you know, number of these facilities and to like, in a lot of times you drive, you know, you have to go back to work, you know, that's usually a lot of pressure from them. But then again, it's also too patients who would like to go into cardiac rehab. They don't have a program bomb. There's, there's a default of they, well, then they don't get to participate until now. Yeah. So tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, how the, how the program works, you know, how is it different than, you know, the in-hospital kind of thing that, that, Mm -hmm you're talking about that's kind of the norm yeah yeah it is and if and if any you know if any of the listeners if they have that ability to be able to you know participate in cardiac rehab it's one of those especially like if you're able to participate and you notice that there's a facility-based program uh viewer mm. that you're able to attend that would always be that would always be our, our our number one recommendation is if you can go to a professional cardiac rehab program please please go because it's like i said it'll it'll help then recover, it'll help their loved ones recover, and it'll help, you know, change their life and get them back right. into, oh, yeah. into, you know, their, you know, their uh, everyday life. Uh-huh. Also, too, noticing if it's the 80%, you know, national average that are unable to attend, then really it's, you know, where this program greatly differs is, I mean, for one, we always want to make sure, you know, that we get with it, we, you know, communicate, you know, we can get, you know, alerted from the patient. Patient, patient can always come out and reach, reach out to us um, um, through our website, you know, recoveryplus.health. They can always send us their information and we can check to see, you know, if this, if this would be a good fit for them because we would reach to their doctor, you know, their doctor, cardiologist, uh, primary care, family doctor. We would always want to make sure that, you know, A, that they're safe and that they're, you know, they're, they're uh, cleared to be able to participate in this program. Uh-huh. Also, too, understanding that once we receive that referral, then that's kind of where, you know, we, we will communicate with the patient, uh, talk to them back and forth, and just really kind of see, you know, what, what is it, what, you know, what's happening, what's going on, what would you like to get back to doing, you know, understanding yeah. more of the whole, you know, total body, total wellness picture of the patient of really looking at it from a whole standpoint of, you know, yeah, it's, you know, you can participate in this program, but let's look at it from the side of, you know, let's, let's really look at it from the standpoint of, you know, what is it that you would like to get out of this, right? Is this getting your health and wellness back into place? Is it being able to return to, you know, what kind of go back to work or you like to go back to gardening or you'd like to play with your grandkids, you know, we'd like to be able to get up and down off the floor and and roll around with them, you know, so we Uh really take that whole picture of what, the patient wants to be able to get out of the program. And then we create, that's the, we, we customize and we'll create that plan mm. with based on what they want to do, because it's not just, you know, keep in mind, you, if the patient's at home, a traditional cardiac rehab, you know, you go and you'll start walking on a treadmill and then you'll have some dumbbells and you'll maybe use one of these, you know, you know, cycling machines and, you know, a recumbent stepper or something like that. 
but understanding here, you know, if you don't have that equipment at your house, which 99.9% don't, you know, we look at what we call functional movement patterns, right? We body weight exercises, you know, bring flexibility. There's a whole world of things that we can, that we can be able to do and, and, and train and teach the patient at home. Obviously supervised, we do one-on-one or group, group sessions, um, but creating the exercise prescription um, based on what the patient can, can do at home, because that's always been one of those things that we've had in a traditional cardiac rehab setting. You, you have a patient walking on the treadmill and, oh, they become really good at walking on the treadmill. But once they leave your program, they're no longer walking on a treadmill. Um, well, while we do encourage, you know, patients to be able to walk and go on walks at, at home and things like that, there's other factors you got to worry about of, you know, what, what, what time of the year is it? Is it in Texas, we get really hot and we can get really cold. So there's only a brief window of, uh, of when you can go outside without having to, you know, you know, sweat through your shirt or anything like that. So we, you know, we take that into consideration. Yeah but also to create that program, that really customizable program so that the patient can, you know, what is it they want to get out of the, you know, really want mm-hmm. to get out of this type of a program. Yeah. Well, and, and even with walking, it depends on where they live, right? I mean, if you live in the middle of a city, then you probably have sidewalks all around. And even then you need to be careful. I can attest to that, yeah. you know, um, cause they get off, you know, the ground settles and they're not, they're not level mm-hmm. and, you know, um, but there are a lot of places where there aren't sidewalks all around. Right. You know? Right. Um, and it's really looking at it from creating a safe environment, you know, yeah. for patients, because again, you live out in rural Texas, like me, you uh-huh. might have very good cell service. And even too looking at, looking outside where I'm right mm-hmm. now, you know, the, I have big, long, mile-long dirt road that leads to my house. So I'm like, you know, yeah, you can, you know, you, it depends, you know, different strokes for different folks. But especially coming after, you know, uh, if it's a cardiac event or anything like mm-hmm. that, maximizing safety mm-hmm. and, and, you know, making sure that, you know, especially especially when starting out, you know, you always want to make sure that, you know, the pa- you know, patient's safe at home, they're able to do it. And it's not this really robust and you know you're doing you know squat jumps from right. home create a program you know we understand that we're not you know trying to create a weekend warrior and you know yeah. we're not trying to train for the olympics or anything like that but it's you know identifying what the patient wants to do and then creating a you know safe you know exercise prescription for them at home so that they can again you know for uh-huh. example yeah. if someone wants to be able to get up and down off the ground and, 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 and play with their grandkids, then, you know, teaching them, you know, how to properly, because there's actually, you know, there's, there's, a, you know, especially if, if patients are, or especially if someone has a hard time getting up and down off the ground, uh-huh. there's actually like an, 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 an unfolding process, you know, to be able to get up and down off the ground and, and huh. it's not put your hands down and, and just stand up, you know, there's different body mechanics that you can use that can help you up and down off the ground and just knowing, you know, what, you know, what the, and understanding what the pay, what the person, what the patient has available to them and then creating mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. based on what they can do. Yeah. What they have to at home as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and people, older people, um, I think in particular, but 
probably all ages, tend to grab onto things that they shouldn't mm -hmm. to help them get up, mm -hmm. like a chair, you know, yep. or something, and they take the back and then it goes down and they go down mm -hmm. and they're in worse shape than they were um, when they started the whole thing. So, yet, yeah, um, houses, households, or where people live can be very dangerous places. <laughs> Right, right. No, it, it it really can. It really can, especially eliminating any sort of, you know, trips or falls. You know, you yeah. be very conscious of, you know, uh, a rug, you know, something so simple as a rug or, or the location of a coffee table and how far it sticks out from the couch or, or, or things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we're, that we're able to do. And we're, you know, looking at the, you know, like I said, especially like video face to face especially being able to understand the lay of the land inside the patient's home, what they have access to. And is it a wood coffee table versus a glass coffee table? You know, and there's uh -huh. things to look at of, you know, again, of what's, what's in that patient's home and then mm -hmm. you know, making any sort of necessary adjustments from that. And then do you, do you also get, if, if they are living with other family members, do you get the family members involved as well? And, kind of helping yeah, them yeah. And doing yes yeah no Thanks. absolutely that's a, that's a great question because this is this is one of those that really um big differentiator with us and like your traditional you know your mm. traditional cardiac rehab program is we actually have a program that we call prehab and so uh -huh. it's one of those you know to be able to start in traditional like a cardiac rehab setting you have to wait for you know you have to have the heart attack you know and this is for insurance to oh, okay cover and pay for it um it which which so much you know is dependent on on the insurance's ability to you know you know being able to provide you know pay for services and, and keeping it at a high quality low cost on the patient or no right. cost is mm -hmm. your traditional programs you would have to get you know you have to wait for the heart attack or you know the stent you know or the open heart surgery or if your heart failure for example and it's unfortunate but if for example if a patient has uh, medicare and patient has heart failure, but they, there, there's, 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 you know, there's a number that is closely associated with the diagnosis of heart failure called an ejection fraction, which basically is the amount of blood flow the heart is able to pump, you know, effectively through, through, uh, through the actual chambers of the heart and into the body. Okay. And so the, the an ejection fraction, um, if it's, if it's 35% or, or if, if it's higher than 35%, you're not eligible cardiac rehab. So basically what that means is if your ejection fraction is 40, you're getting close, but you, it's unfortunate. You would have to wait just like you have to wait for the heart attack or wait for the heart surgery you yeah, have yeah. your heart failure to get worse, or you can start a medically supervised exercise program with an exercise physiologist, dietitian, doctor reviewed. And so that's always that's always been the biggest, you know, challenge over, you know, in my 15 years, uh, inside yeah. rehab is you're just like, ah, you have to wait for the heart attack. And that's, that's highly unfortunate, but, um, that's one of the big components that we had with this program is, uh, the recovery plus program is that, you know, like you said, when you, when you brought up the spouse or, you know, or, or, or the kids or grandkids or it, absolutely. We have, again, our pre, our prehab program to work. It's insurance, you know, insurance will cover it, but we can do these exercise programs. We, we, we build the components just like a traditional cardiac rehab to where you really on, on face value, you're not going to notice a difference because we still provide those same services. 
but we just kind of, we, we, we have our, you know, the, the doctor reviews it, you know, it's all a little different on the back end on how the doctor reviews it, the care plan that's created and that we, that we are very attuned and astute to being able to do so. We do have, uh, you know, spouses, patients and their spouses, husbands, uh-huh. wives, you know, partners. We have, you know, kids or grandkids. We even have a, 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 a parent and their, uh, their, their child who is in their 20s and they'll actually be able to participate. They're both eligible based on their medical conditions, their medical history. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. They're able to do the program <laughs> together and they will, and it's, you know, you have, you have your, your, your compliance buddy that to where you have, yeah. you know, you have that accountability partner. That's your neighbor, your spouse, your, you know, your child, your sibling. And, so, uh-huh. you know, we, if you're, you know, to be eligible for the program, you just have to have two chronic conditions, you know, which could be anything from oh, wow. obese or diabetic, or, you know, you have hypertension, prehypertension, um, mm-hmm. uh, high cholesterol, you know, bachelor's disease, lung disease, post-COVID, uh, COVID recovery. I mean, so there's a whole, you know, there's a whole list of, of diagnoses and you just got to, you just wow. have, you just need to have two and insurance, you know, the insurance covers and the prehab components of this program. And so, yeah, it's, we, we've, we've, in some cases we've made it a family affair and, uh, but it, like I said, it's one of those, you know, you don't want to, you don't have to wait for the heart attack to get the right therapy and access to a dietitian and a nurse and yeah it's preventive yeah it's it's a it's a very it's a it's a it's what's called a primary prevention model mm-hmm. and uh, that's one of those that yeah it's it's you know that is that is a program that we've been able to offer and roll out to you know people in the community to you know mm-hmm. help them not get worse over time so that they you know right. again avoid the heart attack if possible let's avoid yeah. You know any sort of advanced you know COPD or, or you know any advancement in asthma or vascular disease or anything mm-hmm. like that. or even if it's general weight management of a patient would like to lose you know 20 30 pounds you know mm-hmm. we we've even been able to enroll patients in there just to kind of help you know again uh-huh. that's where it kind of comes in you, you find what the patients are here for and what yeah. they want and what they want to do and then we we build the program around them Interesting. Interesting. So does it cover also things like, um, like osteoporosis and osteopenia and that sort of thing? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. There's, and in, in the weeds of it, there is a, depending on whatever kind of condition you have, we, we do have patients, some patients with chronic pain. We do have some patients with, um, like you said, osteoporosis, maybe, maybe depression and anxiety. And it's, you know, based on what, you know, every one of those, the uh, 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 Medicare has created a number, what's called an ICD-10, which mm-hmm. is basically a diagnosis code. Instead of saying, you know, heart failure, it's, you know, systolic heart failure, that da, 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 it's, a, you know, it's an I, you know, 72.212, uh, you know, that's, you know, uh, you these, these uh, you know, these numbers. And like I said, if you, as long as you have two, then it's, you know, is it osteoporosis in the knees? Is it left knee, right knee, bilateral? And so we, like I said, that's, that's where we come up with the, you know, talking with the patient, talking with the mm. care physician, referring provider, cardiologist, specialist, whatever, you know, we'll identify what those uh, chronic conditions are, those diagnosis codes and mm-hmm. that comes in and supports the program. But that's the, that's the requirement that the uh, Medicare and commercial insurances will need to be able to cover those programs. But that's something that right. we would t- on our side 
Yeah, yeah. No, because that, that's the reason I ask is just, just because people, everybody thinks, you know, that after you have some sort of chronic episode, right, whether a heart attack or, you know, something major that, oh, yeah, then you get all this therapy and whatever you want to call it. Um, but there are so many things that are just things that people have to live with, you know, like like osteoporosis that can be just as difficult and painful as all these yeah. other things. And there are things that you can do if you're willing to do it. And no, you're kind of a program, you know, yeah. sounds like it's something that, that would get people on board, mm -hmm. you know, to really do it. Yeah. And you make a very valid point. Cause I mean, especially with the, and I'll, I'll use the, you know, the osteoporosis, like for example, mm -hmm. let's say it's in one of the knees or both of them. Mm. Um, that over time, as the you know disease process you know kind of you know starts you know starts uh, uh, that you know that downward trend of like I said my I have family members galore that have that, that that have had joint replacement and everything else, but I know that, you know neck surgery, back surgery, knee surgery, mm -hmm. uh, and I, so I've seen that from you know a, a personal perspective, and, and especially noticing too it's it's over time. You uh, a person becomes you know uh, uh, you know structurally less mobile. Oh right? yeah. So when they become less mobile, now you're you know it's it's you know you're un, you're unable to participate you know to participate in certain you know you're what we call your activities of daily life. You know you're not mm -hmm. you know you're not able to walk it as well if at all. It's it's mm -hmm. difficult to get up and down out of a chair, and mm -hmm. so become more sedentary slowly. You know over time you right. become you 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 know, based on the physical limitations, you become mm -hmm. sedentary. Yeah. And then, you know, which is, like I said, it's understanding that, but yet how can you still be able to increase activity for someone who is, who has become yeah. sedentary? And then this is, again, also due on our side, being able to provide feedback to, is it, whether it's the, whether it's the, uh, uh, you know, an orthopedic surgeon or your primary yeah. care, having under, having your care team you know, and, and having us being able to, you know, provide that sort of feedback directly is like, you know, they're, you know, the pain, you know, a pain scale, one out of 10, you know, 10 being the most fear. Well, the patient's now starting to experience more pain, more swelling, uh, or, or, if the, or, or if they've been put on a, a, a good protocol and they're, you know, they're able to kind of, you know, they're feeling better, their, their pain yeah. is matched, but then they, they're wanting to go back and start, you know, uh, initiate uh, an exercise program, something that they might have in, had to been able to do in a while, but then again, also to needs the assistance or help being mm -hmm. able to create that so that one, you put as little impact as possible on, on the, you know, join in question. Right. And so, yeah, there's, there's that piece of, of, uh, of that and how we can, you know, create that program too, even for that patient based on that, based on that mm -hmm. criteria. And like I said, every, and I can ab absolutely say every patient in our program is different and there, they, they, there is a different uh, uh, component for each. So this is where it becomes a highly individualized program based on, you know, what does the patient want to get out of, get out of this is, you know, X, Y, Z, one, two, three, and then. Brown. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, I can, I can see where that's um, so important. So you do this online, you do it on zoom or, you know, what, um, or do you have people come in and, and actually, um, you know, do the first 
intake, you know, in person. And I think I lost you. You seem to be frozen. Hello. So we have our guest back again. He got thrown off of the internet and now he's back. And so we are going to segue to something, to an, another area that kind of goes along with what we were already talking about, which I know a lot of people are concerned about, as they should be, which is COVID and, um, and um, long COVID and or, you know, people who've been in the hospital, although that doesn't, well, I guess it, it still it still does happen if you're not vaccinated and all that. But um, so anyway, so where where do you guys come in on that on that um, timeline? Yeah, I guess. a lot a lot of what we've seen again. We started our our, our home based programs um, pre COVID, and we started this around you know uh, late. 2017, early 2018, and then once we saw the once March, April, you know, 2020, the we uh, we were we came in and we modified our program because a lot of what we do when you look at the pillars of especially with what we do with our program, it's 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 uh, measuring biometrics, which are your vital signs, uh, symptom management, um, exercise, and diet. And then, you know, being able to create a program, you know, your medication adherence, participation, compliance, things like that. So one of the things that we saw, especially when the, you know, the COVID outbreak hit March, April, 2020 is being able to come in and we, you know, noticing that, you know, especially when Alpha and Delta were really hitting, looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, what can we do? Because we're already collecting symptoms on patients, shortness of breath, increased shortness of breath. Um, Are you feeling better or worse, you know, or is it about the same as yesterday? And so, um, and then you have your, you know, the pulse oximeter, the the, the little finger probe that measures your blood oxygen. So, you know, one of the things that we came in and did is we, we, we tilted our, our, our cardiac program uh, a little bit on its axis to really try to help focus on the the respiratory pulmonary side of it. Mm. And, uh, um, monitoring patients who were who were at your COVID positive uh and then once there uh became COVID negative and you know the follow-up with their primary care physician um being able to create again it's the it's the the term that's being thrown around a lot right now and it looks like that 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 terminology might stick is what they call COVID long haulers Mm-hmm. To where you're still yeah. showing symptoms, you know, decreased yeah. energy, maybe a decreased function, uh, weeks and months after, you know, the the you know, you're, you yeah. became COVID negative, and so, um, you know, there's 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 some papers out there that you know, early early papers that were coming out there um, talking about the uh, clinical studies regarding that the patients are showing heart failure, you know. COVID recovery, uh-huh. patients are showing heart failure-like symptoms, you know, yeah. months after, you know, their, their COVID diagnosis. And so really that's, that's one of those things that, again, when we first got in with this uh, and, and, and altered our program, but then seeing the way that the, you know, community support, the medical support with, with mm-hmm. a program like ours is, you know, helping patients after, you know, the COVID long haulers, if you're, you know, experiencing symptoms, you know, weeks, months, after yeah. you know 
being able to have you in this in, in, in a type of program like ours that can actually help document medically, you know, mm -hmm. supervise, help people, you know, understand what numbers, what biometrics, you know, what what heart rate oh, okay. is good, what a blood, what a good blood pressure yeah. is, what you know, um, and then supervising exercise and help them, you know, start an exercise program, understand what their symptoms might look like. And then progress them through, you know, again, days, weeks, months, years, we've had programs. There's not a really, there's not necessarily a time limit on, on our type of a program, you know, as long as again, medical justifiable, um, yeah. and that we can actually show, you know, compliance and progress and things like that. Yeah. So we've even had patients in our program for years, um, to which, you know, the design is again, keeping patients, you know, happy, safe, healthy at home. Mm -hmm. um, so that yep. we can try to avoid any of these unnecessary ER visits, you know, reduce hospitalizations, help take the strain off of, off, off of the medical facilities and the doctor's offices, especially if something's, you know, truly preventable, being able to kind of just again, provide that medical surveillance for patients at home, you know, COVID mm -hmm. long holders, being able to provide them uh, an exercise routine, a wellness, wellness program for them to be able to go through day by day, week by week, and getting it walked through with them with our you know, with our clinical team, nurses, uh -huh. doctors, dietitians, exercise physiologists, you know, yeah. and creating that program to help support them in understanding, you know, the disease process or maybe even some of the debilitative effects that they've had uh, after mm -hmm. they received that COVID negative diagnosis. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's that, that really is so important because like you and I were talking about before we started recording is that there's so much about this that that they just don't know and it keeps morphing and it keeps changing and like with so many other um, diseases people's reaction or how it affects them is can be so different mm -hmm. you know it's it's not like oh you have oh you broke your arm now we have to set it now we have to wait for it to to heal right, right. and then we'll and then maybe we'll give you some physical therapy <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. No, yeah, that's that's um, that's precisely it. Yeah, yeah. So you guys were really have really been learning as you go. It's kind of an exploration almost in dealing with right. that there's, as there's, to what works. And and there's things that we are looking at too. Even we're we're currently working on even drafting a clinical study right now, especially from what we see from what uh -huh. you know the patients are at home um, exercise. You know what kind of symptoms and biometrics, because the more that we can learn as, uh, you know, as, as a society, especially providing, uh -huh. that's one of those things that, especially in a, in a clinical study, but also too, you know, numbers, numbers don't lie. And so being able to have that and provide that, and if it can help, you know, if, if it's, if we're able to help and uh, uh, shed some light on maybe some, you know, considerations or from, from even to from our program, what, what do we see that's working? What are we, you know, what are we seeing that, that where there's improvement and maybe there's a communication piece or maybe even a treatment protocol somewhere down the road that can, that can help, right. you know, again, as we, we go through this all together and as we learn being able to create, you know, that more of that, again, that, that home treatment model of, you know, you know, shedding more light and understanding more about with COVID and as it, as it yeah. mutates to, probably going to mutate a few more times and oh yeah be, you know, unfortunate the new maybe even an, the new norm um yeah but you know that's you know as we work through it then you know we help, we'll try to do our part yeah no absolutely i think it's um 
it, it really is so important. And, and, you know, and you guys have the resources and the experience to work with it. Right. right. It, right. It, it may it it may be a different color or something. I mean, but it's different, but it's still the same process you go through to figure it out and and to develop a program for somebody. Right. And especially watching it, how it especially played out, especially with, you know, Alpha and Delta, looking yeah. at as, 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 as it's played out and, you know, then going through the process with Omicron and then, you know, seeing the different, you know, the way that different strains are affecting patients and their other ability right. to participate in, again, their everyday lives that, you know, them being yeah. able to go back to work right. and, you know, yep. having something structured and here's, here's the body's response to exercise yep. based on X, Y, Z. Here's the, you know, chronic conditions that this patient has also had and then understanding and knowing then, being able to maybe help other patients or help other providers be able to provide mm -hmm. them with that information so that again, yep. we can, we can make a, a, a better game plan on how to, how to, how to beat this thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> so it sounds like you're, uh, you're keeping busy with all of this and um, I think it sounds, it sounds really great. I mean, you know, you're doing some really wonderful, really wonderful work. Um, Thank you, in, very, in much. Helping Thank you people, very much. Thank you very much. It's, it's been well received, and you know we're oh, yeah. you know we're looking to continue to keep helping patients and helping helping uh, helping our community. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. And so, do you do you? Is it just in the area where you are? Or are you actually like people from all over the country, or you know what is um, you know if somebody's if somebody's listening to you from Utah, can they? you know go to your website and sign up or how does that work yeah what we're looking where we're at right now is um we're, we're on a, we're on a fast track right now we're actually we're about oh, almost almost six months into the uh we've already laid out the paperwork to get the license medically licensed in all 50 states currently right now right. i think we're about three months away from being licensed in, in all 50 but it's also one of those we are, we are uh, licensed in almost 20 of the states right now. So again, the, the faster the state's medical board can, the, the faster they move, the, 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 the sooner we can, we can join in. But it's one of those, if, anyone can, if anyone's that's interested in the program, we we'll would be willing to go to our, web, our, go to our website, recoveryplus.health, and we can, we can, based on where they live, um, the good part is, 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 geographically we can see patients from absolutely from absolutely in anywhere uh -huh. um, and so whether a patient's in texas new york florida california anywhere uh -huh. in between you know hello alaska if you're if, you know if you're if there's anyone out there it does not yeah. uh does not does not matter based if where you live we can breathe we're, we're able to provide the same services regardless of where where you live so that's that's one wow. of those things wow that we can Wow, that's great. That's that really is. That's that's. I'm yeah, just virtual uh, a true virtual uh, yeah. virtual medicine model. So, like I said, it's yeah, we're, we're we're bringing it back into the patient's home. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's great. Having having seen, you know, what my parents went through. Um, mm. my mom. That's one of the reasons I brought up osteoporosis because my mom had very bad osteoporosis, but hers were all in her ribs. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was and back. It was difficult, but um, 
you know, and my dad had Parkinson's, which um, a lot of the same, same, the need for, for help. Um, right. And, and my mother used to drag him to the, to the hospital, get him to do his exercises and stuff. And go to, yeah. No, I, I, yeah. I understand. I, I, that's a, that's yeah. a very familiar story. So no, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm glad that was able to happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And that was many decades ago, many, many decades ago. So anyways, the both of them are long past. Um, off to a better place. <laughs> off to a better place. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um, anyway, so I just wanted to thank you for coming on. This has been, this has been, um, even with our, our little uh, break in the middle, not quite in the middle, but um, <laughs> it's so great to hear of, of people that are taking advantage of the things that are out there to, to help people. I'm not being very good about saying this, but, um, but anyways, I'm just, I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed that. Um, well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's been, a, it's been a pleasure to get to meet, uh, meet you and hopefully you'll be able yeah. to provide, you know, hopefully I was able to provide some good information to your listeners. And, oh yeah. Uh, no, this was, like I said, thank you very much for having yeah. me on and uh, having this conversation. Yeah, no, thank you. And, um, and I will for sure put your, um, the link to your website in the show notes for Perfect. everyone if they, if they don't you. get it in the, if they haven't gotten it in the, in the podcast. <laughs> so, okay. Well, with that, I will say that neither of us are medical professionals. And if you need some medical advice, please go to your doctor or go to the hospital for help. Yes. And uh, with that, I will say thank you to Tim and I will see all the rest of you next week. This has been Healthy Tips After 50 with Susan Rosen. To stay on the cutting edge of the most effective health strategies, subscribe to this podcast and let us know what you thought of the show with a comment or like on iTunes. Visit HealthyTipsAfter50.com for this episode's show notes, more resources, and free offers.